If you did not get uh, number six, the handout number six when you came in today, if you'll hold up your hand, we'll make sure that, uh, that that's given to you. You know, help you follow along with what we're doing this morning. It's number six. If you just hold up your hand, we'll make sure that you get one. There are some here on the front row also. I don't know about you, but I am having a hard time this morning just focusing. Um, and it just may be me, but I, did, I do learn over time that it's good to just pause and, and just pray because God needs my full attention as he does yours. And so if you would join me and just pray. Let's give God our attention this morning. And I know that we ask that God would remove distractions, but let's be genuine in that, that we would uh, be recipients of what he has for us today. Pray with me. Lord, you are so good to us, and, and I am thankful, I truly am, for who you are and what you've accomplished on our behalf. And the words that we have sung this morning are so rich. And it does make me... Just want to bless you and to thank you and to worship you. Lord, I pray that you would help reign in our wandering minds this morning. Lord, that you would have a clear pathway to speak to us. Lord, that we would be intentional right now to seek your face. Lord, that we would experience you, that we would sense your presence. Lord, that we would be equipped with your power for you to be glorified in this place. Not what we can do, not what I can say, but what you want to do among your people. May that be so this morning. So we yield ourselves to you and to the work of the Holy Spirit in this place. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We're in week number six of practical training for witnessing. I'm not going to give a detailed uh, look at everything that we've looked at over the past six weeks, but the first week we looked at the motivation. Why are we not motivated to tell other people about the goodness of God that we have experienced? The second thing that we looked at was what is a witness anyway? A witness is someone who speaks from experience and knowledge, not repeating what someone else said, just like in the court of law. It's not hearsay, it's what I know to be true. We looked at Paul, week number two, as he was on trial, he testified about his life, his life before he met Christ, how he met Christ, and his life since he met Christ. And we use that as a model, which is a very conversational model of sharing our testimony with people. Week number three, we took time in the, in the service to write out our story. If you remember, some of the things that we talked about 
Uh, if you're still working on yours or maybe you're just starting on your story, some of the things to, to consider is not using religious language. Don't use language that we would only use here. Don't use language that would not be understood in the commonplace outside of the walls of the church. If you start talking about, I was covered by the blood of the lamb this past, this past week, people are just going to look at you like you're weird. Justification, they might understand. Um, you know, they're just words that we use. Propitiation, they're probably not going to get. But use language that people understand. The second part of our story is the, the uh, con compartment of where we tell how we met Christ. So as we tell how we met Christ, where were you? Who was with you? Give some of that kind of detail. But most importantly, you insert the gospel. And we looked at the gospel in scripture in its simplest form, and it is this. According to the scriptures, Jesus died for our sins. He was buried, and on, on the third day, he was raised from the dead according to the scriptures. That's the gospel. He died for our sins. He was buried. Three days later, he was raised again from the dead to prove that it's all true. So we insert enough of the gospel in our story that people can be saved by the gospel. If we don't insert the gospel, we're just telling stories about ourselves. Some of you are interesting, some are not. But if you have the gospel in there, that is the power of salvation. That makes all the difference in the world. The fourth week, we talked about overcoming fear, looked at seven ways to overcome fear because we all have some element of fear sometime. Last week, we honed our story. Honing means to sharpen, to, to condense. So what we did is we brought our, our story down that we wrote out. We made it more like bullet points or summary statements because we won't always have 10 to 15 minutes to tell someone our story. You might have a minute and a half as you're standing on an elevator. You might be standing at the line at Walmart and only have two minutes. What are you going to say then? And the reason why we honed down our story is because we want to avoid the excuses that we use so well. Well, I don't have enough time to tell them everything, so I just won't say anything. Or they look so busy. I don't want to take their time. Well, if you can say it in a minute and a half, everyone can spare a minute and a half. You can, you can insert the gospel in a minute and a half. So we were asked to share our story, make a commitment this past week to share our story with at least two people. So I want to share my story. You might have seen the video this week that I put out on Facebook, but I want to share you, with you my story, and then I want to ask for a volunteer. So listen to what I say, because this is all that I'm looking for to share. I was sitting at my desk. The bug man came into my office, and we usually chat. So here's what happened. I realized inside, you need to share your story. I said, excuse me, can I share my story with you? And he said, well, sure. And he sat down on the couch in my office and I shared my story. And at the end, I said, thank you. And that was it. It all went well. I didn't get cursed. I didn't, he didn't storm out of the office or anything like that. It was just that simple. 
I took the opportunity to ask the question, would you do me a favor? And then I shared my short, short story with him. Now, who else has shared their story this past week that would be willing to share just like I did succinctly? Where were you? How did you start it? And how did it go? Anyone? Coming to you, Kim. Okay, I'm going to interview you. Where were you when you shared your story? Abercrombie Recycling Center. Okay, and how'd you get into it? There's a young man that works there that has a beautiful smile, and I've noticed him for weeks. So I easy, Dan. <laughs> Dan knows who it is. He'll bring, he'll bring her back. Yeah, he'd bring me back. But anyway, um, I got back in my car after I delivered the recycling, and some the Holy Spirit said, "You need to talk to him." So I got out of my car and I went up to him and I said, young man, I said, you have the most beautiful smile and it makes my day. And I said, I love you, but God loves you more. Uh And he said, I know he does. And I said, so you have asked Jesus into your heart. And he said, yes, I have. And he said, thank you for being such a blessing. And I said, thank you for blessing me. Amen. Thank you, Kim. Thanks for sharing that. Y'all can give her a hand. Listen, when we, when we share, and we might even try to talk ourselves out of that, well, what if they're already saved? If we'd start doing things like that and get out of the conversation because they might be saved already, you are missing a blessing. See, when I share my story with another believer, it encourages the other believer also, and I receive a blessing in the process. We should be talking about it. No matter who the person is around us, be talking about God's goodness. He's worthy of that discussion. We certainly find other things to talk about and I believe that uh, since we have the directive from God himself this is probably a good thing to to focus on so we're going to talk today about how we can share these are just tools for your toolbox that you can share with other people so if you'll open up your page uh, your pamphlet to number two page two The blank there at the top of the page. You can witness with your thanksgiving. You can witness with your thanksgiving. Now I'm going to give you, some of you, a tool this morning that you might want to use even today. Now in the New Testament, if you were to read through the New Testament, you know there was a group of religious people, Pharisees, they knew the law, they were experts in the law, and they would add rules to the law. They would tell you the things that you could and could not eat. They were really hard on you if you weren't following the way. And then Paul came along in 1 Timothy 4, verse 4, and I think we have that scripture here. Read this with me out loud. Everything created by God is good. And nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. When we're talking about thanksgiving, we're talking about prayer over food, right? Now, I have to first tell you that I was convicted as I prepared this message. 
I'm often asked to say the blessing. And that's usually the way it's phrased. Would you say the blessing? Well, sure, I'd say the blessing. And, and I'm, I'm convicted because of this. When I have a 1,500-calorie hamburger before me with onion rings and a milkshake, and I pause to ask God to somehow bless that decision as the plaque attaches itself to my arteries. God, would you bless this food to nourish me? I'm asking him, would you help me somehow to get healthy eating the things that I love? If you're eating a banana split, do you ask God's blessing for that? I know it's got a banana in it, (laughs) but could you bless the other stuff? Could you make it healthy too? I've seen a comedian that said, make make this Cheeto a carrot stick as I'm eating it. So, you know, bless it to the nourishment of my body. So Thanksgiving is different because according to Paul, you can ask God for Thanksgiving. You can give him thanks for anything that you're thankful for eating. I am thankful for a hamburger. I can give thanks for that. Thank you for this beautiful burger before me. Thank you for this wonderful dessert. Here's the tool you may need even today. See, when I read that, I can't eat liver because I'm not thankful for it. And the Bible says you can eat anything you're thankful for. So I'm saying, if you come over to my house or I come to you and say, Steve, would you like some liver? I say, I'm so sorry. The Bible says I can't. Besides that, there's not enough ketchup to cover it. You know what I mean. Mom and dad are watching. They made me eat that stuff when I was growing up. So the first bullet point, pray if you are alone. For 10 years, I was in the insurance industry and I traveled all over Alabama and into Tennessee. So many times I ate by myself. It could be a fast food restaurant. It could be a sit down restaurant, but I, I was often by myself. And I don't know if you've ever been in that situation. It's a little awkward. You are thankful for your food, but you're you're thinking, well, should I bow my head and pray or should I just say it in my mind while I'm sitting there or should I just devour it? You know, what, what do I do? It's a little awkward situation, but we can witness through our thanksgiving. So when you're alone, instead of just sitting down and devouring it, give thanks for your food. Now, here's how to keep it from not being so awkward. Do not, in Burger King, stand up and say, excuse me, could you all please be quiet while I thank God for my food? Don't do that. But quietly, you can pray. Don't be praying for show. You know, Jesus was hard on people who prayed for show. The Pharisees prayed for show. Look at me. Listen to my lofty words as I pray. Jesus didn't like that. So how do we pray earnestly and honestly in that kind of a situation? So we pray something like this. God, 
I don't want to be a hypocrite, but I am thankful for the food. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name, amen. And I'm just going to bow my head and pray that prayer. Nothing, nothing unusual there. We are to witness in all that we do. This is such a small thing. Should we? Well, it's an easy thing. And you are being a witness. Let me give you an example. There was a gentleman by the name of Tommy Smith from Calhoun County, Georgia. He was at a fast food restaurant by himself. He sat down. He bowed his head and he prayed. And then he ate. A few minutes later, he took his cup up to the counter for a refill. And the person behind the counter had a folded piece of paper and said, this is for you. It's from the girl that works in the back. He opened up the paper and it said this. I noticed that you prayed. My marriage is falling apart. Would you pray for my marriage? And he asked the girl, he said, can I talk to this lady? And he, he did talk with her, connected with her. He got her set up with Christian counseling for marriage. And the marriage was reconciled. They joined a church and they're faith, faithfully serving today. Now listen, that's never happened to me praying in a restaurant. But who knows what God will do? Because he was a witness at that moment. And someone needed that witness to pursue You know, they don't know where the answers are always, but we need to to provide a way that they can know Jesus. This next one I'm going to give you, uh, ask to pray for your server. This is one of the easiest things you can do to be a witness and a blessing to those that you are, um, or those who are serving you at a restaurant. Now, there's a prayer example that I have here. Um, you're welcome to write it down. Uh, I also have cards. There are three stations. There are two stations out here and one station in front of the office. It has a little card, how to pray for your server. And you can take one of those cards with you today. But just look at this, whoever their name is. We always give thanks for our food. Is there anything going on in your life, family, friends, health, school, that we can pray about for you? So easy. I did this yesterday. And the, uh, the young lady said, well, I just had a birthday. Maybe pray that I would have a good year this year. I said, we'll do that. And we did. We prayed for our server in that way. Well, let me just talk to you a moment about the wording of that prayer. Um, we're not praying for her for something. That indicates that she might have done something wrong or that she's failing somehow. But we're praying about something for her. We, we're, we're joining her in prayer. And, and that's the terminology that we want to use. We, we want to help them. And for some reason, this has never happened to me, that when I pray for a server, they've never felt obligated to stand there and wait for me to pray. Something about the way that's worded that... They're not feeling obligated. I'll look at them, I'll wait for their response, and I say, we'll do that. And then I turn back to the table, and they'll go on about their business. And they always will come back and say, thank you so much for praying for me. I appreciate that, or something along that line. Now, when we do this, most people will say there's nothing. 
But let me tell you, the way this is worded, is there anything going on in your life, family, friends, health, and if they're young, school? We're giving some categories because if you catch someone cold in that setting, they're not going to have anything to offer you. But if you give them some categories, it'll trigger what's going on in their life. Oh, yeah, my grandpa is going in for surgery next week. If you'd pray about that, that'd be wonderful. And then we could pray for her grandfather. But that is one of the easiest ways that we can reach in. So most people, even if you give them categories, they're not going to have anything. You know, everything's pretty good. Well, in that case, I usually just say, well, I'll just rejoice with you. And they go on about their business and we lift them up. Just thank God that that everything's going well in their life. Secondly, when when people do respond, some of the people, I'd say probably 30% of the time, they do have something they want to share with you. And they'll just lay it out for you that you can pray about that and you do that. But occasionally, and I would say probably more rarely, is they are desperate and they will pull up a seat right at your table and share what's going on in their life because it's so terrible to them. The circumstances are so overwhelming and they will just lay it all out for you and then they'll get up and they'll leave and you get to to pray on their behalf. If you frequent a restaurant, same place, same seat, same time, same day, And you do this, here's what I would recommend. In your phone, under the notes, maybe Cracker Barrel, um, Julie was my server, I prayed for her grandpa on this date. You know what? Next week I go into Cracker Barrel, hey, is Julie working today? Can I sit in her area? Sit down in her area when she comes to the table. You may not remember me, but last week I prayed for your grandpa. How's he doing? Now what happens there? The relationship of a restaurant has now deepened and you care for someone unlike they've experienced in that restaurant before. It's an opportunity for us to take it deeper. Next, um, ask to pray for the others at your table. Ask to pray for others or the others at your table. Now, this might be a work group, a school group, a football team, cheerleading squad. It might be a group of friends, uh, just people that you have been put together with. Here's how to handle this. Very simply, I think I have this on uh, scripture, or it's not scripture, a statement here. I always give thanks for my food, and if you'd like, I'll just pray for all of us, or I'll pray for both of us. You know, even when Christians eat together, there's that moment. Do, do you want? Do you want me? Do you want to pray, or do you? Because we know we're supposed to, right? Do you, or do you want to do that, or do you want me to do that? You know. Well, why not just step up and say, "Hey, I always give thanks for my food, and if you'd like, I go ahead and pray for all of us." Here's what happens. Even if you have been on the golf course with, with three people you don't know and they've, they're, let's say they're warmed up spiritually, um, but not with the Holy Spirit. And you get to the turn at number nine, you go in for a snack and they are soused. Even those, if you say, hey, I always give thanks for my food. If you like, I'll go ahead and pray for us. You know what they'll do? 
They'll do this. If you have an atheist at your table, agnostic at your table, someone from another faith at your table, they respect you enough to bow their head while you pray. So how do we pray? How do we not make this awkward? Let me just say, don't start in Genesis when you pray. Dear God, you are the creator of the heavens and the earth and everything in it. You made man and woman and they are to stay that way. We know that Eve was tempted. We know that Adam was rebellious. And because of that, sin came into the world. Because of that, you had to send your son Jesus. And the people at this table are going to be crispy creators. They're going to bust hell wide open if they don't turn to you. Lord, thank you for the food in Jesus' name. Don't do that. Here's how we say it. Thank you. Father, for our food. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, is that really a witness? Really? Well, for the circumstance that you're in, absolutely. But what it does, it creates an opportunity for a later conversation. If someone is at that table and they're embarrassed, they've got something going on in their life, they now know that you pray. The door is now open for them to come to you and say, hey, I appreciate you praying, but I need some help. Could you pray for me? See the bottom of of your page. I believe this is the next slide. Tip well. And I would add to that, and be kind. I know it's tough, and I know we're paying money for food. And I know that's why we're going out for the convenience of everything. But if you get carrots instead of broccoli, I want you to think first, is this an eternal matter? Do I need to be ugly to this waiter or waitress for bringing me the wrong thing? If it's a little more done than you like it, is this an eternal matter? Do you need to get ugly over it? Or do you treat them with the grace of God? We don't know what they've been through. We don't know how many other non-Christian folks that they've had to deal with that have been really ugly. And tip well. I've heard it said that someone would say, hey, I give God 10%, not giving you any more. Don't go out to eat. You don't have to do that. You know, the minimum... Uh, expected is 15%. I don't like to do that math. So I just start at 20. 20 is easy. If it's $35 bill, it's a $7 tip. Easy. $50 bill, $10 tip. You just double it and you put the decimal place in the, in the right place. Otherwise, they'll be really blessed. Um, so think through it this way. I want them to be blessed, especially if I've just asked them if I can pray about something for them. Because now I've said, I'm a child of the king, and I want to bless you. If you're not going to tip well, and listen, even if you want to go to 25%, it's only a couple more dollars. And that is a blessing to them. If you're not going to tip well, if you're not going to treat them well, please don't pray for them. Would you just start the conversation of, I'm an atheist. Just start there. So they don't have any expectation for what you're going to do at the table. Some of you don't need to have bumper stickers on either, by the way. (laughs) Next page, page three, 
you can witness with your tracts. A tract is a printed document that it contains the gospel. A printed document that contains the gospel. And in 1 Corinthians 9.22, we have this passage from uh, Paul. Just read this out loud with me. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. I've become all things to all people. Now, if we pull that out of context, does that mean that Paul is out saving people? No. He's not declaring that he is salvation. He is being thankful that he is a part of the process. As God works in the heart of someone, he's being part of the process that would lead them to faith in Jesus Christ. So as we use tracks, these are ways that we can just be part of the process. Now, in the history, in our past, as I've been a young person and in probably the last two decades, these have been used unsuccessfully. Unsuccessfully in, in this, that you would take dozens and dozens to a mall and you would hide these everywhere between clothes. You go into the bathroom, you put it behind the toilet paper, you do it on the mirror. So when people come in, they would, they would just happen to find the gospel and we would giggle and laugh and say, oh, they're going to find it and they're, they're going to come to know Jesus that way. But the, the thing was, they never asked for it. So they Unlikely they're going to take it. The other way I've seen this used ineffectively, if you've ever seen the million-dollar bill, have you, have you ever seen the million-dollar bill, anyone? It looks like a million-dollar bill, but on the back is the gospel. And good intentions, but terribly received, you take that to a restaurant and you say, here's your tip, a million dollars. But what's on the back of it is priceless. Do not do that. That person is trying to pay a bill. Let's, let's address that first and then give them the gospel after. So how do we use these effectively? Well, the next area there, A, is called the shotgun approach. Use a personal favorite. I just want to share one with you. This is one of my favorites. I got to use this this week. And it's really personality driven. And it's more for those who are outgoing. But let me just say, I'm an introvert by nature. And I find this one of the easiest ways to share with other people. And you can do the same. So let me, first of all, if you can read this, it says, will my pet go to heaven? Let me just address that real quickly. That is really interesting to a lot of people today. And as you read this, it talks about the animals in the Bible. It talks about animals that are referenced in heaven. But in the end of the story, it says the real question, the most important question, are you going to heaven? And it gives the gospel. So it's a great way to communicate the gospel to other people. So let me give a, an example of how we might use this. Who has pets? Cat, dog, horse, anything? Okay. 
Tell me about your pet. What kind of pet do you have? Two dogs. What are their names? <laughs> Cookie and Oreo. Oh, mm, Cookie and Oreo. Um, did you get one of these? No. Would you like one? Okay. Now, you notice what happened. There's no push. I didn't shove it in her face and say, take that. You need to know this. I didn't do that. But here's what else happens. Anywhere in the world, anywhere outside of these walls, whether they are believers or not, they could be an atheist. You know what happens when you do that? They say, thank you. You didn't say thank you. But they do. <laughs> that, no. I was listening. You didn't say thank you. <laughs> it's too late now. So you just hold it up where they can read it. How'd you get one of these? And they'll either reach out and take it or they won't. Don't get mad about it. They're either going to take it or they won't. So as I was talking to the bug man this week, I was, I literally had this in my hand as I was reading. He walked in and I chit chatted with him for a while. And then I shared my story as I'm still holding this. I was like, Hey, do you have any pets? He said, I do. I said, did you get one of these? He said, no. And this is what he did. He looked at it and he goes, huh. He said, can I get a couple more? I want to get some to my daughters. Absolutely. And you know what he said after I gave it to him? Yeah. He said, thank you. <laughs> Incredible. Um, I teach Bible at the, our homeschool uh, here at the church this past Wednesday. And uh, you remember that uh, before we left, I already taught the, our Bible study. We're getting ready to leave. I asked who, who all has pets, and the hands were raised. And, and here's how I handled that group. I said, hey, if you want one of these, and I just made sure they saw it, I'm going to have them here at the end of the table. If you want one, you're welcome to take it. Ten of them left the classroom that day. Um, so you just don't know how God might use something like this. But you're welcome to, to do that. Now, the next one is the rifle approach. The rifle approach. This is for everybody. And here's why I like this one. It might be a little different color than you've seen before, but it's called Steps to Peace with God. It's written by Billy Graham. And the reason why I like this is any believer can lead someone to faith in Christ with this. So think of it this way. I've been sharing my story I ask them what their story is. I understand there's nothing spiritual going on in their lives. And here's a question you might ask. You know, this is what God did in my life. And what he's done for me, he could do for you. Would you like to know him in the same way? And if they say yes, what do you do then? Okay, just a minute. Pastor Steve. Pastor Steve, I've got someone here that wants to know how to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Would you talk to him for a minute? We're not going to do that. So you're equipped with the gospel. You knew enough to get saved. You knew enough to share with someone else. But if you had one of these with you, you don't even have to ad lib. You can just read it as it, as you go through. So let me show you how you can use. There are a few ways that you can use these. Pretty simple. So we can come down this way. Um, you, you'd be surprised to know that some people know who Billy Graham is, and some don't. Now, if they say, I don't know him, you could say, oh, he was a great preacher. Everyone knows him. You could say that. But he was also an author. 
So I found that it's easier just to say he was an author of a lot of books and he also wrote this little booklet here. So I would start with, let's say, Sue. Hey, Sue, have you ever heard of Billy Graham? You have? You know, he wrote a lot of books. He wrote this little book called Steps to Peace with God. And when I was 14 years old, God used what's in here to change my life. I love to give them away to people. And I'm not the least bit offended if they don't take one. Would you like one? Thank you. Did you? <laughs> yeah. She's thankful for the gospel. That's <laughs> now, you heard what I said in the middle of that. That when I was 14 years old, God used what was in here to change my life. How can I say that honestly? Because I didn't have steps to peace with God when I was 14 years old. It has the gospel in it. The gospel is what changed my life. That's all I'm saying. So that's if you have, that's just an encounter. That could be with a server. That can be with someone on the street. could be with a friend, coworker, someone on the team. That's an easy way to do. If you have a little bit more time, and I'm, I'm just talking a little bit more time, Let's try this again. See how the brother does. <laughs> have you ever heard of Billy Graham? I have. You have? Wrote a lot of books. In fact, he wrote this little booklet called Steps to Peace with God. And when I was 14 years old, God used what's in here to change my life. The reason why I like this, and this is where it's a little different. The reason why I like this is you see in here, it uses scripture from the Bible. So it's not what Billy Graham thinks about it. It's not even what I think about it, but it's what the Bible says about it. And then here towards the back, it tells how you can have peace with God. I love to give these away to people, and I'm not the least bit offended if they don't take one. But I would love to give you one if you'd read it. Sure. Thank you very much. Well, you're welcome. He's very thankful. That's so good. Thank you for being a good sport. What if you're talking with someone about how to know for sure if you're going to heaven? How do you know for sure that your sins are forgiven? We can use the, the steps to peace with God in the same way. And just going through that first part, have you heard of Billy Graham? And you have. Um, he wrote a booklet called Steps to Peace with God. But you know what? He could have called this, How Do I Know? If I'm going to heaven. And the reason why I like this is because it has scripture in it. And the scripture means that's what he says about how to go to heaven. That's what the Bible says about going to heaven, not what Billy Graham says. And here in the back, it shows how you yourself can know for sure that you're going to heaven. Would you like one of these? Awesome. Yeah, you're welcome. If you have more time, and this is where you can take it to a deeper level. And you go, it's the same thing. You know, this is a booklet. It's written by Billy Graham. He used this, or God used what's in here to change my life at the age of 14. He could have called it how to know if your sins are forgiven. But he called it steps to peace with God. And the reason why I like that is it has scripture in here. So it's not what Billy Graham thinks or what I think. But it's what the Bible says about that. And here in the back, it tells you, 
how you can know for sure that your sins are forgiven. And it has it right there. Now, if you have time and you would like me to, I would love to go through this with you right now. Now, that's going to be one of two answers. Yes, whereas you would sit down with them and you would go through this. And as you go through this, you can read it out loud. If you know that they can read, allow them to read out loud as well. And it walks you through every part. Part one, God's purpose, peace and life. Part two, the problem, sin separates us from God. It is so easy to use. And you just read it and let God do the work in their hearts. You get to the end. There's the prayer right there if they want to pray to receive Jesus Christ. But what if you went through that and said, you know, if you you have time and you would like me to, I'd love to go through this with you. And they said, no, don't really have the time. I'm not the least bit offended if you don't take that, but I would love for you to take it if you'll read it. And just give it to them if they take it. It's just an opportunity for us to reach out. Um, I've mentioned my friend Dennis Nunn. I don't have all the details of this encounter, but with all the tools that he had gone through this training, he was at a hotel and he he went in and he had a server came up and he asked the server if there was anything that he could pray for on her behalf. And she said, I've got a hole in my heart. My boyfriend of 18 years left me and I've got a hole in my heart. Well, he didn't just say, I will pray for that. He didn't just say that. He said, you know what? Have you ever heard of Billy Graham? And this is still at the, the setting at the restaurant. He wrote a booklet called Steps to Peace with God. But, you know, he could have called it How to Heal the Hole in Your Heart. He said, I love to give these out to people to read. And I'm not the least bit offended if they don't. But I'd love to give you one. Would you take it tonight and read it and talk to me tomorrow? She said, sure. She took it. So he came in. Uh, to the restaurant the next day, and she floated in to the restaurant that day. She said, he did it. I met Jesus last night, and he healed the hole in my heart. Will that happen every time? No. But we don't know how God will use this kind of information. So we just want to get it into the hands of people in a way that's we're not being offensive. We're not being jerks. We just want to lovingly share the goodness of God with other people. American Express made a fortune off of this phrase. Don't leave home without it. I think we can redeem that. We have a supply of of tracks out here to set up stations out here and one out there by the office that have a supply of these. We could say the same about this. Don't leave home without it. You just don't know what God might do. Have it in your purse or in your, your shirt pocket or have it in your, your car, have it available. So when God is working, you acknowledge it, you can jump in with him and let him do the work, but have those with you. So turn to your last page, page four. Based on what we've just seen in God's word, what should you do today? Remember, James 1.22, but be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. So number one, here's a commitment. I will sign the commitment as well. 
I will pray at every meal this week by myself or for my server or for others at the table. And I would just add in at home as well. Might as well practice this at home, praying at the table, giving thanks for your food. So I'm going to sign that today. And just to remind you, there is a card that's in those displays that looks like this. And it's just a reminder of the verbiage that you can use uh, with your server. So pray for your server is on one side. Pray for others at your table is on the other side. Number two, I will give at least one tract away this week. And I would just add to that because we're not going to just shove it in people's pockets. I will try to give at least one tract away this week. And whether you use a steps to peace with God or uh, will my pet go to heaven some way, somehow to use that. I would also ask that take what you would use. Don't take them all. Uh, we want everyone to have some. Uh, take what you know you can use. And if you just take a couple today and you need some more, come back by the, the church. We'll make sure that you get one. Um, Roy Fish said, you can't serve God with a zipped lip. So in addition to these two uh, commitments, we're also going to commit to share with one person this week our story. Whether it's your short story or your long story, whether it is in your household or at work or at school, whether it is with a friend or a stranger, tell of the goodness of God in your life. And this is a day and time that people need to hear of the goodness of God. And we need to be free about that. So I'm going to sign my name to this as well. One other document that you'll find out at the tables, it's a larger piece. It's called Steps to Peace with God, but the smaller letters, four ways to use it. And it summarizes what I've talked about here in the sermon is how to use these. We want to eliminate every excuse for not sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. That's the whole purpose. We want the tools. We want practical examples of how we can do this, how we can use it. We don't have to go to seminary to do this. We can all do it because all believers are witnesses. When we talk about sin, we often talk about doing the things that we know we're not supposed to do, the things that offend God. But we often forget that it also offends God when we don't do what he said to do. And he said to go and make disciples. He said we will be the witnesses to all nations. That's what he said that we are to do. He's equipped us. He's commanded us. He's given us his Holy Spirit to do the very thing that he commanded us to do. So we want to eliminate the excuses that we have used for so long to not tell other people. And we want to become a church that loves people enough to point them to Jesus Christ. That's what we want to be known for, that we love Jesus. And we want other people to know him the same way. You know, this is such an um, odd sermon. And it's hard to do an invitation. I pray that you've heard today that there is a way to have peace with God. 
And we did say the gospel at the beginning that Jesus died for our sins. And he was buried. And three days later, he was raised from the dead to prove that it's all true. And we've recognized and we should recognize that we're all sinners. It doesn't matter how long you've had membership at a church. It doesn't matter how well you've attended or how much you've given. We're all sinners. Some of us are saved by the grace of God. But some here today may not have initiated that relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus loves you. He died for you. And he provides the only way to escape hell. He asks of us that we surrender the authority of our lives to him. That he would be the boss of our lives. That we would turn from the way we do things and and follow him. To live for him. And I would just like to ask, if if that's you this morning, if if you know that you've been going to church, you were raised in church, you've been part of ministries, but you really haven't experienced the glory of God in your life, you've not been changed, man, I just want to invite you to step forward today. All that you have to say is, I need Jesus. That's all you have to say. We'll help you the rest of the way, pointing you to the cross. Maybe there's someone that God has placed on your heart that you just haven't been able to reach out to yet, that you know they need the gospel, but you're unsure of how to start that. Maybe you've been equipped now, and you're just praying for that opportunity. Use that time to pray for them, that God would just prepare their heart to hear what God has to say. Well, I'm going to ask Mike and Ryan to come on up as we pray, as we prepare for uh, our response to him. So if you join me in prayer this morning... Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you. We thank you for humor. We thank you for the truth of your word. We thank you that you have provided for us exactly what we need. When we are unlovely, you love us. While we were your enemy, you loved us. You chose to die on our behalf that we might be reconciled to God. Thank you for doing what we could not accomplish on our own. I pray that it has become so real to us that we cannot wait to tell someone else about your goodness. May that be a habit. May it be a practice. May it be on our mind about how great you are and who all needs to know. Help us to be faithful in what you've given us today. If there's anyone here today that does not know you as Lord and Savior, I pray that today would be the day of salvation. If any have walked away and they're just not praying like they used to, they're just not reading God's word like they used to, and they feel separated, I pray that today would be the day that they turn and come back to you, knowing that they'd be welcomed into your arms. Lord, have your way with us. Thank you for meeting us here today and teaching us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Y'all stand as we sing.